Our theme for this fall has been uh, based on family. And this morning, like I'm, I'm so aware sometimes that part of our responsibility is trying to engage you, to catch you from your busy life, to take the time that we have together this morning to really plant a message that we believe is from God on your hearts. And so the first thing we're going to do this morning is I'm going to show you a DVD that I think really catches us and should catch us with the message, and I believe it's directly from God. But let's pray together. Father, may our time together this morning, the songs that we pray to you, may they be meaningful, may, ha- may they have stirred our hearts, and the message that's presented, God, may the words be words that you want spoken. May they be seated in hearts that are receptive and hearts that you have prepared for the message. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
suffers from being alone, wiping the tears from her eyes, and for the children around the world without a home, say a prayer tonight. There is hope for the helpless, cry out to Jesus. As we've talked about our fall and family, one of the things we've tried to do is to recognize that we're, we are family. We're church family. We have biological families which make up our church family. And we have the message of Jesus that can make a difference. And I don't think that we can lose sight of the message that that DVD presented to us. It should move us. We've talked about parents have the primary responsibility for making a difference with their children at home. And we want to look at a little bit, we, we saw some dedications this morning of some children. We've uh, Wayne read a blessing for us. And we just want to delve into that a little bit more this morning. The two themes that we've really tried to work from are the book of Deuteronomy and from Joshua 24. Deuteronomy means repetition of the law. And sometimes I think we see that as being something that's totally prescriptive. If we'll just do these things, we'll be okay. But I think really... Deuteronomy and God in particular wants us to understand the principles and make the application and do what we can as a family and with the support of church family. So let's review again Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2. These are the commands, decrees and laws of the Lord that your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord, your God, as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy a long life. It's always interesting when you look at scripture to look at the two words, so that. 
And I invite you to, to review that in Deuteronomy 6, 1 and 2. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 12 reminds us to be careful that you do not forget the Lord. We were recently introduced at a seminar at First Alliance Church to a generational trend that's developed over the last several generations. Some of you here this morning are from the generation which we'll call civic and silent. You are the people who have the most dedication to study of God's word, to reading the Bible, to devotions in the home, and to sharing your faith with your children. Next comes the baby boomer generation, who range from 1943, actually, to 1959. Baby boomers. And all of a sudden, we start to see a trend developing where, because of the change, maybe from rural to urban, or for a variety of different reasons, our world changes to the extent that the baby boomers aren't as dedicated to their faith. And the preceding generations, the baby busters, 1960 to 1974, the Generation X, and even the Millennials, are all following a consistent pattern where faith isn't as important as it's been prescribed and as it was modeled last probably well in the silent generation in the 40s and 50s. From Deuteronomy 6, verses 3 to 6. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey, so that it may go well with you. Obey, so that it go well with you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, our God. The Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Sometimes I think we've gotten the idea that our move in our development of our spiritual life is really independent. It's kind of self-centered. I'm responsible and I journey alone. But in Deuteronomy 6, verses 7 to 9, the encouragement is the things that you have tried to apply with God's help in the first verses of Deuteronomy 6 are then applied as we raise our children. Impress them on your children. Talk about them, the commands of God, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your homes and on your gates. What's the application in the modern day world? Well, really, it hasn't changed a whole lot. We still spend a fair bit of time at home. We're together as family. And the encouragement of the writer in Deuteronomy and of God directing us is to really seize the opportunities to impress on your children the statutes and principles that God wants to be established there. 
This morning in our dedication, we could have expanded, as we have in the past, to really look at generationally how our lives are blessed. In the case of Roberta, her grandfather, Cecil Bailey, and Lavina are stalwarts in the church in the development of Western Canada. And I think that we can see that. Not everyone has the same blessing as that. But I think we as church family, when we start to accept the responsibility of being an encouragement to everyone. So this morning you saw sort of a public demonstration by the parents that they have every intention of impressing on their children the principles of God. One of the things that the Faith at Home Ministry provides the suggestion and the opportunities provided here as well is in the case where you have couples that don't necessarily have a biological family in our church family, that they will have the opportunity to appoint, ask, and invite spiritual mentors to be sort of just that, spiritual mentors for their family as they raise their children. And that's something that in the succeeding dedications, that opportunity would be made available. And some of us might think, well, that's getting kind of ritualistic and it's maybe wouldn't have the same kind of impact as what we'd like. But I think, to be honest with you, it again depends on the parents. The parents have primary responsibility. We as extended church family have some responsibility. But certainly being able to draw on the experience of people who have been there and done that and have modeled uh, a Christ-like living in their home. And I didn't say in, in a perfect environment. None of us are perfect. None of us have raised our children just exactly like we would if we got a do-over, perhaps. But I think journeying together, sharing our concerns, sharing some ideas, and having that encouragement there as a spiritual mentor, couple, would be a great idea. It kind of plays off on the idea of the older men teaching the younger men and the older women teaching the younger women. And then I think consistently being aware of the fact that we as a church have a responsibility to be encouraging to parents, to provide them with the resources, the help, the encouragement, the connection, the community, to be able to make a difference. One of the pastors in Red Deer told the story of being asked at one point in time to, to do a baby dedication for a couple that weren't members in his church. They were kind of community people. They were living together common law. They'd had a child. And they came to him and asked if he would do a baby dedication for them. And his first reaction was, if I did that in the church, what kind of reaction would I get? Common law couple, baby already. So he prayed about it, and what he decided to do was to do the dedication in the, the couple's home. And what he said is, invite all your friends, let's throw a party, let's dedicate your baby to the Lord. When he did it the first time, there was a household of guests that came. 
and it had impact because he got subsequent requests to do baby dedications for all the people that had come as they had children. But the impact on the couple was that they got married, they became Christ followers, and it didn't mean that their lives all of a sudden turned around and went in a totally opposite direction. There was some growing that needed to take place. But what about in our application in church, where people we work with, in whatever circumstances they find themselves, what about the importance of dedicating children to God as a method of outreach when God provides the opportunity? And blessings, let's talk about that for just a minute. Uh, those of you, each family should have received the bookmark with the, the blessing that Wayne read for us this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Now Mark Holman, who initiated the Faith at Home-based ministry, that's something that he finds convenient for him to do with his daughter. And she's now 13 years of age. For us, that blessing works. If you as a, as a family wanted to initiate that practice, you could pray that blessing on your child every day for the rest of their lives. The one danger would be that it might lose the impact, but if you really look at the words that are being prayed there, isn't that what we want for all of our children? And some people say, well, just a minute, it's kind of hard to initiate now if I haven't done it when my kids were younger. And that might be true. One couple that was used as an example in the, in the presentation by Mark Holman was a young lady who, whose parents really believed in the Lord, prayed that prayer over their daughter for many years prayed for their daughter, that prayer, and others during the very difficult teen years. And sometimes they had to go into the bedroom after their teen was asleep just to pray that prayer. But what they found was that when it came time to go away to college, mom and dad pack up their daughter and head off to college. They get her room set up, everything sort of ship-shape, and mom and dad leave, and they're headed out toward their car. And there had been tears, and they'd said their goodbyes. And their 18-year-old daughter came running out and said, Mom and dad, you haven't blessed me yet. And so they took the time to do that. And there were more tears. But it just shows you that little seeds like that, applied, okay, with God's help, can make a difference. And just because it's prescribed, that's a blessing. That doesn't mean that's one you have to apply in your home, but it certainly gives us a starting place. There need to be age-appropriate blessings, if you like. I said that one could, could span the stand of time, but there are others that we might find that are very useful and helpful. So for infants, for small children, for preteens and teens. Promise Keepers helped the men in our church recognize the importance of blessing our teenage and preteen boys 
with the blessing of spiritual purity. And for our young women, the same needs to apply. That's one blessing, that's one prayer that we as families need to take seriously. And it can be very difficult sometimes and it can be awkward, but if we've laid the groundwork, we have really helped make a difference. One of the film clips we saw at First Alliance was a uh, Everybody Loves Raymond clip. And he portrayed someone who had a young daughter who had been inquisitive about sex. And so when she asked her father for some advice or some, to ask a question, the father wasn't prepared to answer. So he went into a sneezing fit just so he could excuse himself from the conversation. And he came back weeks later armed with all kinds of books and he's ready to have the sex talk with his daughter. And by this time, his daughter had moved on to asking a question of faith, a question about God. And Raymond's portrayal, he wasn't ready for that discussion either. He was ready for the sex discussion, but he wasn't really ready for the God discussion. So he had to excuse himself again by a sneezing fit. And we can sort of chuckle at that and we kind of see the humor But as we're raising our kids, our responsibility continues to grow. The life change that takes place in them, the challenges that they face in life, there are conversations that we need to have all the way along that can help prepare our children for the life that they're going to live. And again, drawing a little bit on a message, Steve McMillan spoke to the men's retreat in September. And one of the things he encouraged us to do was to think about the idea of guarding our children's heart. What does that mean? We're going to read in a few minutes from from Proverbs. But how can I guard my child's heart? Steve has been going through some reflection on his ministry, on his children. He has four now. And he decided that one of the things that was a priority for him was to really help his children to learn to guard their hearts. And the two things he shared with us, two things that can really hurt our children, are anger and guilt. Anger and guilt can, as We as parents, we can model those really well, right? There's a lot of things that have happened in our life for which we have guilt. And if we don't deal with that, that can kind of get passed on to our kids. Or we recognize that because we're not helping them guard their hearts, we're letting those seeds be planted in their hearts so that they don't understand grace. All they do is deal with guilt kind of like we do. And same applies with anger. You know, something happens, doesn't suit me, and I get angry. And I can attest to that. That's one of the things that I, I struggle with. All of a sudden, I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're driving down the deer foot and somebody cuts you off. Like that. I'm angry. What am I angry about? Well, somebody cut me off. 
Now try and train yourself not to do that. It's very difficult. But what Steve started to do, uh, and I think he started with a six-year-old, was that he goes into her every opportunity he has, if not nightly, almost nightly, and he has the conversation with her that says, is there anything that made you angry today? Did your brother do something that upset you? Did I do something that upset you? Did your mother, right? And they have this little six-year-old father conversation. And the same principle. Did you do anything that you shouldn't have done today? Now, we're talking a six-year-old. But it's starting the idea. Steve did say one of the things that stopped him in his tracks was when his six-year-old daughter asked him the same question that he had just asked her. Daddy, did anything upset you today? Are you mad at anybody today? Did you do anything you wish you hadn't done today? Let's look at uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet. And take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. One of the other scriptures I want us to close with and I want you to take note of, and I think it's a lesson that we can learn from the children of Israel, the scriptures found in Judges 2, verse 10. After the whole generation had gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. The message of the morning is to recognize that today can be a typical day, that tomorrow can be a typical day, that if we're not careful, if we hide the message of Jesus, we can find ourselves in a situation where the generations that follow us do not know the Lord. And if you heard the words of the song in the DVD, cry out to Jesus, We have a growing relationship with him. My encouragement to us this week is to find ways to grow that individually as we walk and in community as we serve together. Let's stand and sing.